0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on Vince's No, 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 Oh, you are no, such a no, 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 suck-up. No, no. you, you are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Jobber
1: Knocker Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle Mania. Alongside, for the ride, as a man that waited to cash in and then definitely cashed in in our hometown, J.C. <laughs> Jobber Knocker
0: Nation, don't you dare be sour because we have a new WWE champion, baby. Big E cashed in his Money in the Bank contract in Boston, by the way. I wasn't able to attend. You weren't able to attend, but our boy Ray was there. Our boy Dom was there. Our boy Guthrie was there. And they got to witness history as Big E
1: became the new... WWE champion. So we're going to do things a little bit different. Where, you know, usually we do the shine and all that other stuff. But I think there's like two pieces of news here. We do the big E thing first. It, this, to me, is a huge deal. Uh, we can sit here in Monday morning or Tuesday morning, apparently, because this is when we record. You can sit there and, and kind of armchair quarterback this entire thing. But I think overall, for me, you can forget all the crap and say, shut up, guys. This was a cool moment. I mean, you can forget all the the, the initial setup, or you can sit there and say, oh, man, they didn't really do anything with him to really make him feel like a big deal once he won, or they just moved him over from SmackDown to Raw. Is it because he... That's the thing that bothered me more than anything, was like, I kind of wanted to see him beat the Tribal Chief, but we can talk about that later. I feel like you would have had to wait like
0: six months to see that, though, and that's why I've been saying all along, it made sense for him to go after Bobby Lashley because, A, it's probably the easier road, but it's also the fact that I feel like him and Lashley could have a fun feud. His friends, the new day are already over there. And I think raw is needed it more than SmackDown. We're like, there's no reason to take that championship off Roman. No. Whereas on raw, like Ross has been struggling, man. And this show, honestly, if it didn't have this cash in, it probably would have been a lot more of the same, but this is something where it was like, they literally told you big, tweeted out. He's like, I'm cashing in tonight. A K. Watch the fucking show. So they kick off the show with him. We're invested all night. We get tons of segments. They're building it up as he does segments with the new day and this and that. With like, it was a lot of good stuff. So. We knew it was happening. Even then the they did a good job during the main event. Like they started to set up, you're like, oh man, this is going to be easy. But then all of a sudden, you have Lashley started to hit some moves like, oh my God, are they going to do this to Big E? Are they going to do this to Big E? So I thought that it was very well done. I enjoyed it. It was out of nowhere because originally, it was a tag team championship match booked on Raw. But I think it was on Saturday or Friday or something they did that all switcheroo and they made it uh Lashley V Orton. So, but I didn't mind this. You can call it whatever you want, but what I choose to call it is an incredible moment for an incredible human that clearly everyone loves. And that we clearly have been talking about as a future champion for a long time. And now it has been realized Big E is the WWE champion.
1: And not to take anything away from him. I mean, the guy works incredibly hard. I mean, he, he had that moment of when I was watching this, I was so happy so happy for him as a human being, but I was even happier that his character didn't change once he won. Because we've seen the Jack Swaggers where he just stone-faced, or the Dean Ambrose stone-faced, and like, I have to be the ass kicker, you know? what And it's just, he's just, he's pouring it in with his boys, he's ha- like he's a genuine human being in his character. You know, he wasn't trying to be, you know, this ass kicker. He was in the He was, you know, trolling basically the two people that were in the main event all night long being himself, and I'm just so happy that he didn't change who he was to become champion because I think that that more than anything to me speaks volumes about the human being but also that he believed in himself and that he had people surrounding him to believe that he could be who he is because we've seen the ass kicker like 600 times and it gets so tiring. But to see a guy that's...
0: Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that I feel like this is something we talked about. Like when they originally split up the New Day and then he won Money in the Bank, like, is he going to have to change? Or do they just let him continue to be himself, which is this obnoxious, fun-loving guy who, when he's in the ring, you believe it anyways? And I'm glad, like you said, they let him stay that way because that's who Biggie is. That's why we relate to him. That's why we love him. That's why everyone adores him and wanted this moment so bad because Biggie, he's big freaking E man. Like he didn't, like you said, he didn't have to be different. He didn't have to change his approach. Like he's been steadily, like I'm gonna pick my moment. I'm gonna get my moment, and I'm gonna become the champion. And that's why, for me, this is just so well done. Even
1: though it felt like it was out of nowhere, right. this just to me, it just like it was a beautifully written story. So very quickly, because I know we got a lot to talk about, I'm just curious how you feel about it being switched last minute, as well as the fact that that he did kind of put out that he was gonna cash. And I know it's a babyface thing to do, but f- how you felt on it? Because I have my own feelings. So the way I look at
0: it is. You know, that we criticize Raw a lot for tearing up the script or changing things at the last minute, because they literally, they've been doing it for years. It's like, whatever goes on in the back there, it just, it never seems to be, you know, it always changes. But every now and then something gets ripped up and replaced and you go, this was better. So if we're gonna criticize it for when it's bad, We also got to praise it for when it's good. Like that's what raw is. It's called raw for a reason. It's the chaos show. It's the lawn show. It's the Monday night show. Like it just, there's always something about it where it's always just kind of all over the place. And this kind of fit that narrative, but it was beautiful chaos. And that's why for me, like, I'm going to remember this moment for a long time. I think a lot of people are, because this was special. It was awesome. And I'm thrilled that the Boston brought it for him, man, because that was an awesome atmosphere. It was an awesome pop. It was just an awesome everything. So for me, it didn't bother me that much. It's more of the same out of Raw, but in this instance, it was beautifully done.
1: We had our boy, Dom, uh, starting with the scalper seat and then treading closer and closer as he tried to get closer, but getting his uh, up-to-date text when he was telling me, he was like, this place is going to erupt. Like You can feel everybody shaking, like ready to pop. And when it finally happened, he, go check him out uh, on Twitter, at DomiFeds33. He's got a great video uh, he didn't just get the one, two, three, but he was smart enough to get the crowd reaction and, and the eruption and seeing like the visceral reaction of somebody that you care for. Great job over there. He's a he's great follow, great human being. Go check out Dummy DummyFeds as well as the rest of the knocker staff. But something that people were very critical about on Twitter when it happened immediately was they went to commercial break. And for me, I loved it. It was just flabbergasted. I loved it. Oh my God, they finally left. I loved it because it was such a dicey move, but it also gave people the the opportunity to be like, wake up your friends, tell everybody, don't miss this because they wanted that last click. They wanted that last number to, to, to raise up high. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Because it made nobody change the channel. If anything, it made people change the channel to USA Network to watch Raw. And I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant move. A lot of people were just pissed off, but all I could think about was you're not going to care in six minutes. Just, 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 you're going to erupt just like the rest of us. Well, the reason,
0: the reason why I think it works so well is because a lot of the times they do that like 1048, 1050 break right. and they skipped it this time. Whereas if you do that, you run the risk of someone changing the channel and not flipping back. But like you said, by doing it when you did, there were zero people that flipped over to the Monday night game because they were horrified they might miss it because they told you it's about to happen. So it was. It was genius. I was literally watching. I was like, oh, my God, they're actually doing this. They're going to commercial at 1054. What is going on?
1: Yeah, and obviously they probably were just like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna eat it over. It doesn't matter. Like USA is fine. It's a big deal. It's a big moment." Um, but I don't think there's anything else I can really add to this moment except that it, it, it's nice that he's the. I think the stats said he is the sixth black world champion in WWE, which is a huge honor for him. I'm sure, obviously with Kofi as well. But uh, it, it's just so nice to see that you know I was t- I saw one of my friends, Atley Green, put out like you know sometimes when you see a a black champion lose, you kind of feel like you know, it's taken out of that and it's kind of swept under the rug. But it was nice to see that it went from where it was to where it is and how it makes people feel in that community. And so it's so nice to see that and and to see him be who he is, like we said, just an amazing, amazing human being, an amazing moment. And I'm curious to see where we go. I'm curious to see if he can hold on to it because, you know, with a baby face champion, we talk about those all the of times, so those reigns don't last as long as they normally do. But for a heel, it goes for a longer, longer period of time.
0: Well, so here's my last thing on this, and we, I might get into more of this later, but this to me was, we know Ra has been struggling. You know what we're going to do? Not only are we going to give the ball to Big E and let him resurrect this show, he's going to have his buddies with him. Because sure. now Ra is the New Day show, and I'm really excited
1: for that. So that also brings up a different point. We're not really talking about Big E specifically now, but somebody was saying Survivor Series, New Day, and The Bloodline, which we could, you know, do that all day Let's long. Let's do it. You know, Let's do it. It's it. a great way to do it. You know, yep. and I think that's important, too, because I think that makes the, sal- you know, the salivating kind of happen where you're just like, oh, Big E with promos and then the Tribal Chief. That's something we wanted to see. Now you have the bloodline and the new day. We know those matches are ridiculously awesome. So it's just, it gets you excited about Survivor Series, which has recently become kind of the, out of the big four, the big fart, essentially. There's no really way to say it. Um, something else I want to switch gears with, JC, because this is a, a very important night on Tuesday as we're talking and we're recording right now. Tonight, is the debut of NXT Regal said it 2.0, which made me scared when I heard that. So Samoa Joe had to relinquish the championship, whether or not you believe he actually is injured or if he, this is a weird thing to start over, that's up for your interpretation. How? he's injured? injured who knows? But he's injured. It's it, there.
0: I've seen a lot of tin hat, uh, you know, conspiracy theories. Of course, Nestlemania. What do you think the IWC is? It's disgusting. I, it's I like know. they all they so all want to like rip on things. And just no, no. no, 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 no this. He clearly has an injury. He might only be out a short amount of time, but like he said in his video, you can't debut in a new NXT without a champion that can compete. So this makes sense to me.
1: I, I'm going to say right now, NXT lately has not made me care I am very interested. That's why they're
0: reshuffling I'm it very. I am very interested. People like you are being so critical of it's
1: Like, you know what? We're going to blow it up then. You yeah. told us to restart. Yep. We're going to restart. And I'm excited for it because, again, Carmelo Hayes, I mean, I'm obviously a big homer for anything New England related. But, I mean, for me to know the gentleman, call his matches and see him on NXT, like, that's a huge thing for just, like, I'm excited for him regardless of what he does. But to see that intro and to see, like, how they've put newer faces on there, like Gigi and, like, you know the, you know all the, you know your your boys hit row. Just random things that are happening. I've, I mean, I've stuck around for the Cameron Grimes, the LA Knights, and all the things, you know. But also tonight is going to be now they're going to crown in a four way. Uh, they're NXT champion. They're going to have a wedding, which you know wrestling weddings are always in, a, in an appointment, especially with Johnny Gargano in it. I think there's a big thing here with Austin Theory going to come in and destroy. 100%. It. I think that's yeah. going to be something I'm looking forward to. So there's a lot of things here that I think they're going to do right. Um, And, you know, beyond what the wrestling Twitter or wrestling fans think about, you know, unfortunately, Triple H, I hope he's feeling better, you know, with his heart incident. And then, you know, Bruce and Vince supposedly taking over, like all the narrative that is just ridiculous. I, I tend, you know, a long time ago, you told me just stop reading the dirt sheets. And I have for the most part. And I think it's changed my outlook in a lot of ways. Professionals, as you bump your fucking mic again. I mean, it's just it a Amateur hour. Amateur You tell hour. me
0: to be close to it. But when I'm I'm like so fidgety that I'm going to knock it over. You are. I you like are. Put it
1: down I, I, you, you, you fidget. I, I, you wear a carpet out. You walk back and forth. That's something a lot of people don't know about you is you walk back and forth. What are you doing? Why do you fidget? You. you I, uh, what am I supposed to do? I, I can't sit just still. Sit it's still. hard, man. Just sit I can't. still. It's not possible. Anyway, so the possible. NXT is tonight. What are you excited for? Uh, Pete Dunne becoming the new NXT champion. Wow, that's because bold. I, I
0: felt like this was trending this way, anyways, even if it was a feud with Samoa Joe. I felt like Samoa Joe was kind of going to be like a transition champion because I think that when you talk about branding it as a new NXT and a young NXT, Pete Dunne's still pretty freaking young. And I think most people agree that he has incredible talent. And he's a guy that, yeah, he was a long time NXT uh, UK champion. He's been involved in a lot of things, this and that. But I think it's also one of those things where Raw is now giving Biggie the ball. I think it's time. Like, you know what, Pete Dunn? We know you're incredible in the ring. Your character work, for the most part, is good. Some of your promos, though, they can be a little tough. But I think it's time for them to give him the ball. Because when I look at this, like, the, I mean, Ciampa, been there, done that. LA Knight's fantastic, but I don't know if he's going to be a winner then you could make a case for O'Reilly, but I just feel like the way they've been booking this and how Pete Dunn's doing, the momentum he has, now this new sidekick that he has or the protege, whatever you want to call it, uh, and your boy there with the Ridge. little beanie yeah, hat, Ridge yeah, your boy Ridge. Um, I feel like them are going to give Pete Dunn the ball, and I think they were headed this way anyways, and Samoa Joe is going to be the guy to hand him the ball. But now that's just off the table. So I think tonight's the night where they crown Pete Dunn. And they'll be like, you know what? New look at XT, one of our brightest young stars. We're putting the
1: ball on his court. We're going to see what he can do. That's a very, very bold pick. I would think that I'm going to say whose game is it? L.A. Knights, just because I like saying that. There's will, no chance. No, dude. but here's here's the thing. I love Ellie I, Ray, I, I, that way. That would shock me. Legitimately shock me. Here's 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 why I think there's an outside black sheep kind of feeling that I get with him. He's a dark horse, is what I should have said, not black sheep. I apologize. Uh when you think of this is this is my logic. And I don't, I don't I'm not betting with my heart, I'm betting with what I think someone else thinks. I don't think Pete Dunn is the version of what Vince and Bruce think. I think that L.A. Knight is what you think in the WWE next step. So, well, this is still NXT. Sure, and, Vince I, and I, Bruce I understand I are the rebrand, but they're not making creative. I understand decisions. that, but if you had to say out of these four people, who you think is going to go up on the main roster, it's L.A. Knight hands down. Pete Dunne's already been on the main right, roster, right? But though, he too. didn't go anywhere so. with that. He he came back to do whatever he did. I'm not Thank saying God. They, they saved him. I know that, and I completely agree with you. But what I'm saying is Kyle O'Reilly, if he goes up to the main roster, gets swallowed. If you know. Anybody else Champa, he'd get swallowed. I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm just saying the system would would eat them alive is what I'm saying. They deserve to be spec they deserve they, they deserve special treatment and they get it in an NXT. But if you go to LA night, I think LA night knows, I just feel like I, there's something about him not it's not a look, it's not a height it's not a, he's a bigger dude. It's the fact that I just think if I see him on Monday or Friday he's an, he's a guy. He's, he's he's a guy that should be on those shows. So that's how I feel. That's why I'm betting but on my, my
0: My only counter with that is like, I feel like a lot of those guys, they're never made the head of NXT. If you look at guys that we looked at in NXT, like the riddles of the world, we're like, yeah, these guys are going to have a huge success in the main roster. Those are the guys like they win a mid-card title like LA Knight did. But I, don't, I feel like in NXT, it's always different. They give it to like the deep, like super potential guys, like the Keith Lees of the world who like you could see making it all the way to the top. Same with Karrion Cross, but they might not get there. But the the ceiling, I feel like, is a lot higher. Where LA Knight, like LA Knight's a guy, you can plug on a RA smackdown. He's gonna have a 10 to 15 year career. King of the mid-card be a fantastic he'll always find a way to get himself on TV. But I feel like those aren't the guys that are always the NXT champions. It's those deep potential guys. And to me, when I look at it, it's Pete Dunne. I think you could maybe make an argument for Kyle O'Reilly, but I think like we've mentioned earlier, it's a little harder sometimes for baby faces to make that mark. And you can also have Kyle you now chase Pete Dunne for a little while. And I think that's more money, but it's... Uh, yeah, I'm glad we're on opposite ends here because personally, I think it's pretty obvious that it's Pete Dunne, but I like that you, I like that you think that it's not so obvious.
1: Again, uh, we that's I think the reason why I love doing this podcast with you, just in general talking wrestling with you because you have such a different perspective than I do, and I'm so yeah. jaded. We, we, we so, look at the same thing from two completely different ways, yeah. which I think is good. And I think that's important when you talk to people about wrestling is point of view is, is amazing, and you know, not to steal a line, but I guess to steal a line from Eric Bischoff, context is king, and it, it it makes you a different fan, and it, it proves my point that wrestling can be for all, because it is for all. Alright, let's get into the regular part of the show, I think, if you're ready to go. It's always in the shine, well, she's always in the shine apparently, if you ask jc you've been watching nxt bruh yeah bruh bruh
0: bruh bruh yeah, right. the biggest shot of the week was obviously biggie we already hit on that so we're gonna go to smackdown because nestlemania man friday seems like a long time ago after the freaking monday we had but that was a pretty awesome show at msg and it kicked off of course with roman reigns you know in his 50 year entrance but out came Brock Lesnar, which we have been waiting for since SummerSlam. Uh, Brock was incredible in this segment. Like we talk about Brock standing on his own two feet. I feel like he always surprises us because he has that quirky like charisma where he doesn't have charisma, but he does because he's so weird and he's also so hulking. But I thought he played his role perfectly in this by using Heyman. Heyman even obviously took his moment of announcing for Brock. But uh, I thought this was a really fun segment to kick off the show.
1: Yeah, it was a longer segment in terms of, you know, the entrance portion, which for me, here's here's what I think about, and, like I, and I get it, but I've clocked Roman Reigns' entrance at like four minutes. So I just wanted to say, like, after a while, it's it's redundant, but it's a good way to start off the show. It's an important thing. It's half an undertaker, and he's twice as good, so the math yeah. checks out. There's a ma- I was just about to do the math in my head, so I'll, I'll believe you on that one. But the other thing, too, that I really loved about this entire segment was it made you ask a question. You know, it made you ask, well, who's lying here? Is Brock fucking with Paul? Is Paul fucking with Brock? Is Paul fucking around on on Roman? And I think that's that's an important question to ask because the best things in wrestling, the best things that you watch on television always make you ask questions, and then you go into that. So I think they've got you hooked for what I assume would be Crown Jewel in October. Um, they That would noted. make sense. But I, I think it's very important that also that people will remember that he lifted up Heyman, tried to F five him and then it was saved by the Superman punch. I think that's important. Boom. And I think yes. that's that that's a telling sign here where if we we could go either way with it, right? Like Heyman's either got him in the back pocket and he's believing him and Roman's gonna get screwed, or Roman's right, and Heyman really does pay, you know, care for uh Brock Lesnar. I mean, sorry, for Roman really does care for Heyman. And Heyman cares for for Roman. But I, I'm curious how you feel about this because we got a long way because he he made a you know he made a comment Brock Lesnar at the end of the show I'll get to you when I'm done with Finn Balor of course the demon returns which I think is a very important moment and it gets buried uh, no pun intended kind of in whatever else we were talking about but the demon returns
0: e, I think if Biggie didn't win the title on Monday this would have been the lead of the week because. People were jazzed for this man. We've been, we haven't seen this for a long time. Finn Balor is beloved by the WWE universe. He's beloved by me and a lot of other people because there's just something about him where he's cool. And part of it is this allure where he has this alter ego. And we knew it was coming based off like the tease we got last week. Um, but yeah, you said in the main event, I did think it was I the one part I didn't like about Reigns' promo is that. I didn't think he needed to say that I'm not done with Finn Balor because I thought that was a weird character thing for him. Cause he just beat Finn Balor where in the past when he, even if he's cheated to beat someone or like one in a weird way, he said, I'm done with you. And then they forced their way in a rematch, whether it was Cesaro or Daniel Bryan or edge or on down the line. But, um, in this scenario, he literally made a point to say, I'm not done with Finn. So I thought that was weird. I did think that was probably the part that I could nitpick at a little bit, but once that music hit, it didn't matter um i thought it was cool i know some people are like oh my god why are you blowing this surprise wait, wait wait it's like no, no they they haven't shown off a demon in a long time they're trying to freaking sell you an event man they're trying to sell you a match that you know so they they just they're gonna put it out there because right now like the same reason why they haven't biggie cash in like they they're feeling not lot that they're feeling like heavy pressure but they're feeling something where it's like you know what we got to use some of our aces up our sleeves and they're at MSG. They already had a great show, but they want to really cap it off with the moment for that crowd to really show their appreciation and show the fans like, you know what? We are listening to some things. We're going to try to do our best to honor some things. And WrestleMania, I do have one thing here, a what if, because I was thinking this before the title change on Monday, but what if at extreme rules, Brock Lesnar, costs Roman Reigns the championship, Finn actually wins the championship,
1: and then much like Lashley Goldberg, Brock and Roman go off on their own without the title. I don't hate that. I really don't. I think Finn deserves a, a real chance. You know, I, I think that he, I think we all believe that he deserves I know people give me shit all the time about, you know, the 205 thing, and, and, and I understand. But some people are just special, like Rey Mysterio and, and Finn Balor, and I understand that. Um, I just do it out of out of joking. But I think the other thing, too, is I felt bad. Well, I'll, I'll explain that later to answer your question. I think that's an amazing thing. And somebody on Twitter, I'm sorry, my for some reason, my iPad's not working, so I can't give you the the, the special shout out here, um, but had a very similar feeling about Brock costing uh, Finn. Uh, sorry, Roman. So Finn could win, which I think is an excellent point. I just don't see it happening because I think that Roman Reigns has to hold that championship till WrestleMania. No, I agree. I I agree. I was just,
0: it just got me thinking because, and then obviously we saw it play out on Monday, but I was just kind of thinking, I was like, if there was ever an opportunity for them to get it off Roman and still keep like him and Brock as a thing and maybe like pass a torch to someone else for a little while, this could be the moment. I don't think it's going to happen either, though. Uh, but it's just, it's going to have to be interesting because this would be the Demon's first ever loss on the main roster. Sure. So that obviously is a big deal. And we were talking about notches in Roman's belt. He's already notched regular cool Finn Balor. He could be notching the Demon too.
1: So let me let me ask you this, not to really switch gears, but to, to parallel what you were saying. I think, based on what I think, and again, I could be potentially wrong here. The way that Bobby Lashley lost last night with the, oh, the table hurt my leg, I'm not ready, I want to get out of it, and couldn't. I, I'm curious to see how this happens because he's going to want his rematch against Big E. I would think Goldberg comes out and helps Lashle, uh, helps Big E lose. I'm sorry, beat. I can't even talk. Helps Big E beat Lashley again, and then that way we're on to Lashley and Goldberg at Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's why I think that Brock Lesnar is less likely to happen than a Goldberg thing because I don't necessarily think that the Goldberg... The Goldberg-Lashley thing is a, is a decent match, but we're more interested in the Brock. Brock Roman's the main event. Yeah, the and I, I think that's for the issue is that yeah. I, 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 I think if that's on last and that's the most important thing, then it doesn't need it versus Lashley and Goldberg needs a little bit more oomph. So whether it happens at, you know next week or at Extreme Rules for E and uh, Lashley, I believe— that Goldberg comes out, makes that distraction because we're off in the races in that point. And then of course we can hope that Biggie hopefully gets, you know, a, a tomato can like Dolph Ziggler or something for his first defense Cause unfortunately that seems to be the way they treat new champions. Hey, Dolph and Biggie would have a fun little short. Yeah. They story. have a lot of but history, history by together. By so that. I wouldn't hate it. And I think he'd, he'd put them over the right way. I just, we, we've talked about this. We've seen, we've seen the lineups that they you need have. Some tomato cans. Yeah,
0: for sure. We need some tomato cans.
1: Uh, so that's pretty much where we are headed, I guess, in that aspect of it. Um. You want to talk about anything else that you're super positive about? Yeah,
0: um, because I love when they do shit like this because, you know, it's it's very, it's the easy thing to do is bring out a hometown hero in front of the hometown crowd. The better move is to bring out an enemy of the hometown crowd in their hometown. And that's exactly what Sami Zayn did when he brought out Trey Young. I thought I just started laughing. i was like, this is freaking this is great. This is what is so great about WWE because they're like, you know what? We can just pluck this guy throw him in there make it fun sammy zane like we always mentioned, like the kevin owens and the miz he's one of those guys that is perfect to rub elbows with this um i love that young actually played a factor in this useless 10-man tag by getting ejected um, obviously Biggie got the big win over Zane because you know, where we were headed, but I just stuff like this is fun. It worked perfectly because it was an MSG and Trey Young had those magnificent games in an uh, MSG this year, kind of being like the villain. So I love that they played off that. I think it's fun because you know why? Like this crowd was already going to be hot, but putting in something like this, it just gives it a little extra spice.
1: I was actually almost going to consider Trey for my uh, comeback. Cause I just thought it was hilarious. It was uh, great. And I, I, I uh, I'm not a, you know, obviously you're a giant sports fan, JC, but specifically basketball. But to see just the visceral reaction from from the crowd, but also like Trey would like, I, I always love when wrestlers get people like you know celebrities to help them. But I thought that Trey did a good enough job, not a great job, but a good enough job. Like he was he was committed to it with like getting caught and the fans getting their comeuppance on him and stuff. I thought that was wonderful. And I, the WWE always treats celebrities correctly. And I think that that's, that's an important distinction that they have on uh, other promotions or other things that they do is you're never going to look, you're going to look better than you came in, which is always yeah. you know the goal. So I loved it. I thought, like you said, it was amazing. Personally, I just wanted to say not that the 10-man tag will ever be in my shine, but Otis hit the Judas effect better than fat 50-year-old Jericho. So I agree. I just, when I saw that, that I That was went, a fun match. It, was, it really was. Uh, I can't. I
0: my all the my, bullshit in it, it. Like it was a lot of fun, and it had a lot of guys that do a lot of good things. So, in terms of multi-man tags, this is what I'd be okay with. Uh, the rest of
1: them this week, we probably shouldn't talk about now. Uh, no, no. I, I, I For me, I, I have a a code I live by. Anything? Okay, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. What was your favorite match of the week? That's an interesting question because there were a couple of things that I'd really enjoyed. Um, I wouldn't say that the matches, so like there's Rollins and edge, which I thought was decent. But for me, I thought the Sma the, the SmackDown match wasn't as good as the SummerSlam match.
0: Agree, But I think that's a pretty lofty bar. Sure. For sure. And I think match. like anything,
1: anything, the sequels are almost never, uh, the same because you know, it's worn off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did think if you go back and watch it, the street profits and Usos, I thought was amazing. And of course they pull the rug out from underneath you again. So I felt bad about that one, and you know, not the like, oh man, I got, I got hosed. I want to see this again. I, I went. This feels like the third, second or third time this has already happened, and, and Roman continues to pull the bloodline uh, out of the the nosedive. But for me, I actually surprisingly did not think this was going to be the best match of the week. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Natty and Rhea. I, I for me, I thought this was the match of the week only because the bar was set so low because we know that Tamina was supposed to kick out in the previous match. So I was kind of like, eh, for that. But Natty really showed her worth because as, much, as bad as the Tamina thing was, I forgot completely about it with the next matchup with Rhea and Natty, and I thought they over-delivered. And we give shit to the women's division on Raw all the time, specifically Natty and Tamina specifically all the time. Um, obviously they're there for a specific reason, but Natty and Rhea, and you could see the crowd loved Rhea. They just ate that up. They loved it. I thought Boston really brought it. I mean, they could get my comeback too, just because I thought when you get that crowd, suck up. yeah, well, you know, I can't, I can't give it to all 14,000 of you, but you know, you're there. Uh, but Natty deserves a lot of credit because to me, I, I was waiting to go to the bathroom if I'm being honest here. And I didn't because I thought, wow, this actually... This proved to me that this was worth it.
0: Like, I should have gone. Should have gone during the match before. That was your own fault. But well, hey, no, nobody's. I'm glad, you, me. I'm glad you brought up this match here because this is more of what I'm asking for for RAW. It's like you have a fresh matchup with two very good wrestlers. You know, a lot of people are very critical about the time that WWE and AEW give to their women's division, and they all tweet about it, being like, "Shame on you, shame on you, trying to be those keyboard warriors." Well, you know what? They gave this one as due. And this is what I've really been looking for from Ross, especially with the longer show. Give us more meaningful matches, especially with some of your high caliber wrestlers, which Maddie and uh, Rhea are two of the more high caliber wrestlers in the women's division. Especially you have a veteran working with one of the younger stars who has proven when she has a good dance partner, can really put together a good match and they had it. So to you idiots on Twitter that said, this match went too long, shame on you. Get the fuck out. Delete your account because your opinion is pathetic you are pathetic because you can't come out one hand and bitch about it not them not get enough time and then they actually give them enough time you should be praising them being like this is what we want this is what we're looking for in our three-hour show this is the opportunity that a wrestler like natalia and a wrestler like Rhea ripley like you mentioned who's very over with the crowd deserve a chance to have to tell a cool story to make the segment more meaningful and memorable than some random schmoz or squash or some bullshit because this is something we look at it's like okay they bought me into this because I wouldn't mind seeing these two do it again because you know what? This is a tag team feud and this was a singles match. So when I see it again, it's going to be a little different. So I am glad you brought this up in the shine because both of them deserve it. here.
1: Yeah, like I said, I can't talk more highly about it. I thought it was the best match of the week, uh, WWE wise, at least so far. And yeah, there were a lot of great things, but this was the only thing that actually had an outcome. It seems like a lot of the times it seems like they give you a little bit of a nibble and they never do anything. Uh, is there anything else that you're very specifically happy about?
0: Yeah, my favorite match of the week, WrestleMania, Dewdrop over Eva Marie, because WrestleMania, you know what's a treat? You know who wrestles less than Brock Lesnar? Eva freaking Marie. And when she came out, I'm expecting more of the same bullshit like a schmoz. By the way, Dewdrop's new son, Bop, that fucking was fantastic. I wish I was in the crowd. I'd been going nuts and dancing. But this is what I think they brought Eva back for. And this is what I think Eva... Kind of the reason why she wanted to come back is because I think Eva's aware of her abilities and that's why she like, she knows she's a fucking heater. She is a heat seeking missile. And you put her with a new talent and you get that new talent over. And this is the thing to be like, you know what? Spread your wings, Dewdrop. Beat me up, pin me clean. And now you're ready. They might fight again, cause it's raw. They'll probably fight 10 more times. But it just watching this, I was like, you know what? This is Eva Marie's purpose. She's out there to get the crowd in the fucking tizzy. And she's supposed to help people, and that's exactly what she did. Eva Marie, the perfect elevator. Eva, the
1: elevator. Who would have thought, WrestleMania? Let's let's not let's not uh, forget that she was in a jobber alert. She was less than three minutes. She yeah, was,
0: exactly. So, so she really put her over.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a squash. I mean, that's definitely how we feel about it. Um, but again, you said you know Eva can win or lose. You know, it doesn't matter. She's at that point. So. I I'm surprised you put that up in the shines, but you know, maybe I'm not. Cause I know how much well, it was in... just one of those things where I was looking at it. It's like, it was a short segment. It was exactly what it needed to be. It worked. It's
0: getting us to the result we're supposed to get at. So it's certainly not heat. So I, you know, I thought I'd just piggy piggyback there in the women's division, but that might be all the shiny shine I have this week. Yeah. There's a lot
1: of heat to get to. So we're going to go right into the heat. Get them off my TV, get them off my TV, get them off, off my TV. Um, I'm going to start here. I don't know if you feel this way, but this was something that left a bad taste in my mouth was the contract signing. I It proved one thing to me. Uh, Bianca Belair is a star and got me excited. But on the other side, people are telling me, I you know I'm wrong and whatever about Becky, and that's fine. But I, here's here's the big distinction I have for Becky. It went from... Becky went from uncharted territory to like this underground like swelling of support to becoming the man and everybody loved her and then she became like kind of like the female Conor McGregor and that old stuff and I understand and that's kind of what she's doing on the opposite side of it which I get but it feels like the specialness it feels like she became something that everybody has already done versus what she was was so different. And I think I think that loses a lot of the luster. And the reason I use my eyeballs and watch or listen with my ears, like the fur coat's nice. And she said, you know, the the original WrestleMania main eventer has returned. And then you know, right off the bat, Bianca's like, but mine was better. I I love I that. that. That was great. Yeah, that was so good. But I think it's just it's hard for me because I, as much as I want to cheer for Bianca, I just don't think like Bianca needs to go to Raw. Street Profits need to go to Raw. Let's ship that over. I think they there. will. That's but, a couple weeks away. Yeah, but I just don't know if I just don't know if Becky Lynch to me and maybe I'll be wrong, that's fine. I just I just feel like I need more time with it maybe to to appreciate it. That's all.
0: Yeah, they definitely hot shot it. I think that's been the biggest issue. But I will say this. Um this was probably the best becky segment i think since she's actually been back which like you mentioned isn't a high bar for us because we've both been very critical of it but i think that this one it it was definitely a little forced but i don't think it felt as forced as the other ones because i think she more embraced being that like you mentioned mcgregor type heel she had the outfit so it's like okay those little pieces are starting to come together and i like the fact that she reluctantly signed the contract that wouldn't do it because that's if that's what she's supposed to be then at least that makes sense but the big thing for me with this is, and it's what you mentioned right off the top, the crowd reaffirmed how I feel. We're fully with Bianca in this, even though people like people are always gonna love Becky. It's one of those things, like people are always gonna love like the, the heel that whatever. But it's just like Bianca has proven she can withstand this. And they're gonna do something where somehow she's gonna lose um in the the matched extreme rules and likely headed over to Raw, like we believe. But at least the way that was my big takeaway from It, it was just like. I am a Bianca Belair fan. I continue to be a Bianca Belair fan, and every week I think I'm becoming more and more of a fan. So in the Becky stuff, it's improving. I still don't love it. I don't know what they're going to do with it next. But um, I didn't. It, uh, the funniest part of this segment was to me was when McAfee said WWE contract signings are always great. I, was just, I thought of you immediately because I'm like that must just piss off Nestle because he hates these things. But yeah, it wasn't great, but it could have
1: been a lot worse. I just, I think contract signings are just so they're, overused. They do them too much, yeah. yeah. They do them too much. I mean, it seems like it, it seems like it's literally every month there's a contract signing. If not, it's I'd say that, 10 out of 12. They
0: usually, two, they usually do it for two or three feuds.
1: Yeah. So at, at least one it's, on each show. It's just, it's just lazy to me. It just, I mean, every match, theoretically, in that universe is a contract signing, right? Like, every match, supposedly, is supposed to have a contract. But I think it's just the, the, the fact that they're all the same. I think that there's yeah. different ways
0: to do them, and that's why, like... I did appreciate like the little nuance of Becky not doing it or like the one we had where Corbin stole it. Like there, you found different ways to do the same thing. And that's why for me, like, I mean, my favorite one of the last few years and you can make fun of this all you want, but do you remember the Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears contract signing, how unique that was in like a boardroom that was actually pretty cool. So I, I just like contract signings, like they can work, they just need to find different ways to do them, whether it's different settings, different, like, you know what I mean? Because just doing the same thing, like, once, twice, three times a month, it's it gets old.
1: Yeah, I don't don't disagree. I think having a location would help. I think that uh, having somebody, like, force somebody to sign something is fine. But it was just weird when Becky said, like, oh, I, you know, the whole time she's been out of the way of, like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'll show you when I'm ready to do it. And then, like, I don't even remember why they got her to sign it. You know what the I mean? Bianca, like, goaded
0: her into it somehow.
1: Yeah, to but, I goal. mean, like, that just, it just seems weird, like, so here's what I don't understand. No, yeah. So she, I go you into things all the time, so it really isn't that weird. No, but it just it just seems like uh, well, it, see, but it fits my character to be flustered by you, but I, it doesn't fit it doesn't fit her, does it? Does it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe
0: Bianca's under her skin. I don't know because she you just her rubbed her me the wrong way in
1: general. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah you just you yeah. just push my buttons. I don't know. Exactly.
0: So maybe that's what Bianca does to
1: Becky. <sighs> I'm Bianca. You're Becky.
0: <laughs> I
1: knew you would like that. <laughs>
0: Oh
1: ha, ha, man. Alright, so I don't really have a terrible amount of things to say except uh Quick Eats. Okay, so uh the 24 segment uh happened and uh you know of course the only thing I was like piqued my interest was the Drake Maverick thing where he said, well the, the execution was wrong, which made me think, man, is he really wily e. coyote to the roadrunner? Like it just like I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Drake Maverick to draw a big like paint a big black circle in the wall for, you know, Reggie to run into or something. And then, of course, Drake Maverick hits the wall and said, like, that's what I look at when I think of the Looney Tunes, like, is he going to have a bunch of dynamite and try to blow something up? Like, I just, it, it's fine and I get it. It's a palate cleanse and it's a, it's a taste kind of, it's, it's taste not for me, but it's just ugh, like, it just bothers the fuck out of me sometimes, but it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, Specifically on Raw, we'll go through it. Charlotte and uh, Alexa Bliss. Well, specifically Charlotte and and Shayna had their match, which went longer, and that was a surprise. Surprise. Um, you can you can debate whether or not you know Shayna's used correctly or not all day long. You know, and having like forty jobber matches and then this match and how can you take her seriously and all that stuff. But I think the thing that I really took into consideration here wasn't necessarily this matchup, but how much the crowd loved Alexa afterwards with the gift of Charlie, which had me Always. tickled pink because I know how much you hate the doll. Um, and I appreciated more importantly, the crossover afterwards, or sorry, not the crossover is not the right word, but the, the promo afterwards, where she dumped the, you know, the doll in the trash. I thought that was a nice touch. I, I don't mind this feud as much as it was. I thought it could be better, but I, I, I can understand how, when you watch this, the matchup was just kind of weird for Shayna. With I just I hate this whole like will they won't they with not with Nia and just get it over with let's do it. Well, it is them. they're
0: they're fighting next week and thank God because I didn't give a fuck about the match but the segment after with Alexa and Charlotte was super hot fire. I love that and this is why I was excited for this feud because. I feel like a lot of the time Charlotte gets complacent because people can't always match her at certain things. That's why I think when she's with the Sasha's and the Beckys and the Bailey's, it brings out the best in her. Well, I think Alexa's in this category too, because Alexa might be one of the greatest females on the mic of all time, in my opinion, um, because just the range and types of things she can do. I love the segment of her giving her the gift. I thought Charlotte, like I love the role that she played being like, ah, Now I open it and it's, it's one of those things. It's like, what do we always talk about? WrestleMania? you get the crowd involved, open it, open it. Like the chance, like they were into this segment all throughout. Obviously Charlotte opens this a fucking doll. You knew it was going to be a fucking doll, which whatever. But in terms of the feud, it works because they can do this jokey shit with Charlotte because Charlotte is one of those that is so good at, it's like Randy Orton flip that switch immediately. I serious again. She throws it in the trash. You're like, okay, Alexa, I acknowledged your bullshit. I humored it. And now I'm going to kick your ass. So that's I d-
1: why I liked it. I did chuckle very hard at the uh, "I'm going to force you into adulting" in this matchup. I just thought that was funny. It's Genius! It is. And again, I want I want a little bit more hokey to it. So I'm, I I think I'm I'm more excited for the back end of this. But the matchup with Shayna and, and Charlotte was just so weird, just so bizarre to me. And I mean, obviously Shayna Baszler is is a talented human being, but it just it feels like it just doesn't fit anymore in a lot of ways. Like she would probably benefit from going back to NXT or going to AEW at this point. Cause I just, I don't think she fits the mold of a sports entertainer anymore. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just, it's, it's hard for me. It really is.
0: Who are we talking about? Sorry, I zoned out for a
1: minute. (laughs) Shayna (laughs) Baszler.
0: Yeah. um, You zoned out. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like besides she started off with that Becky feud for WrestleMania and i thought we were on the right track but everything she's done since then besides when her and naya were at the peak has not been good i've always said Shayna baszler she's a lot like a samoa joe where she buys she can buy me into the match but then when i get to the match i'm never going to enjoy it because of her style um and i think that is really holding her back especially in a raw women's division which has so many flaws and isn't booked well someone like her is going to flounder so i honestly i I think they're going to send naya to smackdown honestly but I, Shayna needs some sort of change, but I think it starts next next week with getting those two far away from
1: each other. Here's open And something that else that was very floundering, at least in my opinion, was uh, a Karrion Cross promo backstage where he did his best Sean O'Hara saying, uh, you know, playing the devil's advocate saying, uh, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, which I'm sure you may or may not remember that character because it was in the early 2000s. But at least he wasn't in his stupid sexy suspenders this week. He was in full black, you know, from head to toe without his mask. Um, the times and the sand and the whole thing, fallen prey and all that stuff. And he does this weird thing, JC, that really upsets me. I don't know if you've noticed this. I, I've started to watch the mic work. I'm going to get real close in on the camera so you can see this, JC. He does this thing where he goes like this. He goes, and we do this, and we do that. And he like opens his mouth and he accentuates the words. So I'm It looks like he's eating enough. a sandwich yeah. and it's overacting. And he's eating ah, scenery. Ah, you know what I mean? Like that's what he does. Everything you've
0: ever said about Keith Lee in terms of criticizing the way he does promos, that's how I feel about Karrion Cross. because I'm looking at the guy and I'm like, dude, I can believe you if you just shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, I believe all of this. Even with all the bullshit they're putting you on, I fucking believe it. But then you fucking talk and you lose me because I'm like, you're a really bad fucking actor, man. You are a horrible fucking actor. You can't act, you can't read a script. You can't, like, you just can't. So why are you doing it? That's why literally to me, the solution, as it has always been, is to fucking put him with Scarlett because she can do the acting and he can just fucking brood. Because you know what's fucking intimidating? That motherfucker brooding. That motherfucker talking, not intimidating, boring. He, Like you said, he just is trying too hard. Stop fucking trying with him. And that's the thing, like, I want to give them credit because they're trying different things with him, but at the same time, you don't need to. Stop micromanaging this guy. Literally do what worked for him, what made him the undefeated, unstoppable force in NXT. Why did you completely do a 180 when he got called up? It still makes no sense to me. And the more they try different things, it just reminds me like they had the formula. They're still experimenting. I don't know why, but just fucking for this guy's sake, stop micromanaging him. Please. Maybe he's in his own head. Maybe he's also part of it micromanaging himself. Stop trying so hard. You don't need to try this hard, dude. It's so simple with you. It's so simple. It's frustrating.
1: I hope that everybody watches more promos and sees his his mouth chewing that he does. The (gasps) the mouth movement in his promos. It's so. It's so... He looks like a cow eating. That's what he looks like to me. Yeah, he's just like... Like, I don't want to do that because that's just rude for people listening in their earbuds. But it's just, that's what it seems like to me. Like, I was expecting him to be, like, eating and being like, well, you know, I got this thing with the glass and everything and then uh, fall and pray. Whatever. But it, that's how I feel about it sometimes. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but let's move on from something else because I just think we, we've talked everything we can talk about here. I don't have much more in the heat. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Tamina, the whole thing. Um and uh, there was a six
0: man tag on raw
1: there was an eight man tag on raw which actually had some fun
0: stuff but the big key for me was that six man tag Like, you talk about something where I didn't even bother trying to watch it, and I just fucking 80 million gajillion 32X.
1: Just like, I don't give a fuck about McIntyre and the Viking Raiders versus the Gender Boys. Like, who gives a shit? I don't care about anything that isn't on the pay-per-view right now. Like, any story that has no connection to Extreme Rules, you're basically telling me I do not need to care until after the draft. See, I think that's bad on your
0: part, because how do you expect them to have a good weekly TV show if all they're doing is showing the the regular four acts the entire time? You want this stuff that pays off on TV mix. So you're the
1: problem Adam You're the problem I'm not the problem and who the fuck is Adam He's on a milk carton I am not (laughs) By the way special shout out to our boy uh, The doc (laughs) <laughs> put that out there which apparently is going to be a t-shirt if we ask our, our boy uh you know tj who's in charge of everything on T Public, go over there and buy a t-shirt with my face on apparently uh tpublic.com slash jobber if that's up i'll ask i'll ask my boy tj he works awfully hard so we're gonna have to wait on that uh but i don't think there's anything else specifically because you know that mixed tag not mixed tag excuse me six man tags or eight man tags really boil me and so we're not going to talk about those things because it's very upsetting anyway that's it i think we should get hopeful what do you think Glorious and WrestleMania.
0: I think both of us have a common theme here. I think AEW's really captured our creativity and our minds and our souls and our hopes and dreams. So, would you like to
1: go first, or would you I, like me to go first? I will go first because my hope is very specific and very succinct. So, I will go. I don't know if I believe that, but go for it. I bet I can explain this in three minutes or less. Ready? Ooh, all right. I'm timing. Ready? you Got a clock? Set, go. Okay. Yep. Go, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my hope. Andrade had an amazing match against Pac. It's the best AEW match of the week. I think you should go and enjoy that. My hope specifically is that because you saw Andrade beat up Chavo Guerrero, you now know that Ric Flair is inevitably coming to the side of Andrade, which gets me super excited because I think that presentation puts him on another level, which he needed in WWE. Um, But here's what I want to go a step further. Ric Flair is connected to somebody else in AEW specifically. That's Tully Blanchard. Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see Andrade and Ric Flair have a standoff with MJF and the rest of the pinnacle. And that's a feud for something specific. And I want to see Andrade have the entire pinnacle turn on MJF and make Andrade the head of the pinnacle. Because I think that would be interesting for me. I don't think MJF needs anybody. You kind of saw it last week with the Brian Pillman thing with Wardlow, because we think Wardlow may be a babyface down the line. I don't think Max needs the pinnacle. I don't think Max needs anybody. Wardlow, pinnacle, nothing. Not even Tully. That way you have Andrade, Ric Flair, Tully. You have that Four Horsemen, and then you have the Four Horsemen-ish AEW version with the pinnacle, which I think Andrade could do a lot for the rest of these guys, and you could create a bigger entourage and make it really cool. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag fucking do it. Not bad. It was
0: like a minute 35. So yeah, told I'm proud you. of you.
1: Succinct. Yeah, I
0: still think the Andrade money is with the Lucha Bros. But I think we're uh, we're on a similar track. But my hope, Nestlemania, is about Adam Cole, baby. Because I've been excited for this. I love this. Uh, Adam Cole's back with the elite. And he's all in. He's doing this and that. But my hope is a very long-term hope. And this is something that it doesn't need to pay off tomorrow doesn't need to pay off in a week, a month, six months, hell, even a year. This is something that I think AEW has been really good at having those really long-term, long, long, long long-term stories like NXT used to have back in the day. Like we talk about just like the long distance storytelling. I think you hit on one there with MJF and Wardlow, something they've been teasing, yada, yada on down the line. But for me, it's Adam Cole. It is something that he said in his debut promo. He hasn't forgotten what they did to him, WrestleMania. He hasn't forgot that. Right now, he's giving the look that he's forgiven it, and he's right back with the boys and loving it. But my hope is that Adam Cole is slowly dismantling the elite from the inside out. So I think in the meantime, in the short term, maybe for six months or a year, he does his thing. He has his fun with his boys, yada, yada, yada. But I think eventually it leads to slowly turning everyone against Kenny Omega and getting him out, which I think would be a lot of fun because obviously then they go toe to toe and we know the bucks and adam call that incredible relationships so you can kind of play the elite off the elite and probably get way too many six-man tags which would be the, the bad part of this hope but whatever i just think that this could be a really really fun uh feud down the line and something that i would love to see how they play it out because i think they can do a great job laying some hints along the way so when it does happen it really feels special and then you can look back and go Oh, that makes sense now. That makes sense now. So, yeah, I'm going to be pretty succinct too because I think Adam Cole is a cop guy. I think the elite now has two guys in Kenny Omega and Adam Cole who to me are on that similar level. Um, But I think the great part in the short term is Adam Cole can do a lot more talking and Kenny Omega can do a lot less, baby, because that will bring a smile to my face. But hashtag JC knows, hashtag JC's hopes come true, hashtag Adam Cole, baby.
1: I think he just likes saying Adam Cole, baby.
0: I do. He fucking, he's one of my favorite guys. I love him, adore him, want the world for
1: him. Anyway, it's now time for the comeback. There are a lot of things I could give my comeback to. We talked about and discussed in this program. I'm going to give my comeback to a match. I was thoroughly impressed by Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy. I'm going to give it to both men because give me comeback to Jeff Hardy. I am. That's a that's a legitimate comeback. I think, and I think he did a good job. So for me. I think watching that matchup and having the United States Open Challenge is something that's uh, we talked about and always going to be fresh, always going to be good as long as fucking Damien Cross stops. Damien Cross, excuse me. Damien Priest. <laughs> Damien Priest stops doing his stupid second rope flippy-dippy shit. I hate that so much, but besides that... I know you do. I way, love it. I cannot. I'm, I don't want to wish on anybody, but every time I watch it, I'm like, he's half the, He's half a rotation away from hurting himself or somebody else. But anyway, that match specifically had me go, cool, this was a moment. I mean, clearly he wanted to fate you know, Jeff Hardy. So that was a cool thing for him to get that check. But man, Jeff Hardy, actually, you could see that he was reinvigorated. It felt like, it, you know, he does his job to the best of his abilities. But you get reminded every once in a while, there's a lot left in the tank for Jeff Hardy. So I, I have to be very, very critical of myself and give the uh, the comeuppance to Jeff Hardy specifically, but also indirectly to the U.S. champion, Damian Priest, because it's it, it becomes one of my favorite parts of the show. So that's my comeback. So the cool part, I think, about this match is that Damien Priest has been pretty vocal about it for a while, that
0: Jeff Hardy is one of his dream matches. And anytime you see something like this and you see the true, like, smile on Damien Priest's face as Jeff Hardy was coming out, I think that stuff is pretty cool. So I think that's what really really kind of gave it a moment because I think it's one of those things where it's not really a passing of the torch, but it's like the hero of someone being like, yeah, this guy's legit. And like you said... We're very critical of Jeff Hardy on this podcast, but Jeff Hardy has a giant audience for a reason because he's a stud, but you know who else is studs? My comebacks, trifecta, baby. I'm giving it to the unit of the new day, because like I mentioned earlier, I think Vince is like, you know what new day Ross sucks. Here's the ball, make it better, score some touchdowns, kick some field goals, run a great two minute row, do it all baby. And you know what the new day I'm excited for it. I'm excited for them back together. Like, I feel like we were all very for like, biggie kind of breaking away and seeing what it was but you know what that line uh distance makes the heart grow fonder I think it's true in this case because I think to truly appreciate the new day we had to go through this year of them apart because watching biggie celebrate with them be united with them like this can work man it worked with Kofi it can work with now biggie as the head of their table like it doesn't matter man the three of them together is just so much fun for a show that desperately needs it so that's why the new day as a full threesome unit. That's my comeback. Not bad.
1: Not bad at all. I think it's time to get to the big old finish. We've got a lot to talk about, and let's fire right, right through it if we can.
0: Yeah, we already talked about NXT, so we already talked about that. But this week on AEW, we have three matches that I'm aware of, including the in-ring debut of Adam Cole, baby. Story time with Adam Cole, baby, as he takes on Kazarian.
1: Uh, you know, Panama sunrise and we're done. You just dropped the mic again. You dropped the I- I did. I'm so excited by Adam Cole, baby. You just gave the Panama Sunrise to your
0: microphone. That's what you just did. did. It was actually the Pittsburgh Sunrise, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Adam Cole's going to win that match, but it's exciting to see him in the rain. We also have Sean Spears versus Darby Allen, which will probably be a masterpiece. Oh, Um, Jesus. It will be. Come on. You got to stop. You got to stop with this Sean Spears He is an incredible in-ring talent. He is the best jobber to the stars in the company.
1: He's he's, he's their of, Dolph Ziggler. I will he say this Dolph much. Ziggler. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, never going to be world champion, but that's fair. I I will say this much. You never much. know. I know. No fucking clue. No fucking clue do you need. It. I will say this much on Instagram and in social media. Hilarious. Hilarious follow. But uh, man, <laughs> no. Just no. Darby Allen for the win. The end. Yeah, you would you would think so. Darby Allen needs a big dub uh, coming
0: off his loss to CM Punk. But we also have booked the undefeated Jade Cargill taking on Layla Hirsch. Um, Cargill. I'm assuming Jade Cargill's gonna Cargill. squishy squash
1: Cargill gargle. That's what I think. She always, she's never gonna <coughs> freaking lose. Look at her, she's freaking She's, she's a fucking stud, yeah. She is a stud, Cargill. Um,
0: yeah, there's probably there's definitely some other stuff. Book, we obviously have uh, I think CM Punk's gonna be on commentary, he's shooting with all of Team Taz, but I think we all agree that one match we want to see is CM Punk versus Hook. Ah, uh,
1: so send hook send <laughs> hook that became a whole thing. I love it. Send hook. I wanna see uh, Punk take it. I, I wanna see I wanna see Hook take it go to sleep. I yeah. really do. I think that'd that be great. Was, I it makes sense for him to do
0: it because I think I think they're gonna build up the first match with Hobbs and uh because Hobbs has been on a fucking tear. Mm-hmm. Um Ricky Starks is the end game. I mean that's
1: really, I think
0: that's the pay-per-view match is yeah. Punk Starks because Punk's mentioned his name every chance he gets and that on the mic so Ricky Starks can take that mic away from Taz and we can let the two maestros do their work there
1: it's gonna honestly it didn't help me get excited about it because I love Taz I love CM Punk they're in my top 10 but I was just like really you know that's yeah. how I felt about it it felt such like well, a, it's such
0: funny a, punk literally said it. he's like nobody mentioned team Taz when I asked them who we wanted to give them the face <laughs> nobody mentioned him <laughs> so, you know, he just punk already buried it
1: out in front. But yeah. uh, once we get going, it'll be fine because it's punk. Yeah, I think it'll he'll make it work. He knows how to make it work. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. So, jobberknocker.com that's the website. We can sign all our AEW coverage from the Joe Stopper. Our boy Dom does NXT and Impact. Our boy TJ does reign of Honor, the Queen McKay show, as I like to call it. And our boy SSJ Pegasus does New Japan. So, we got you covered all across the map, Nestle Mania, like you mentioned earlier, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker. Follow the entire staff on Twitter, at jobberknocker. All the other handles are in the comments. Facebook, Instagram, also at jobberknocker. Five stars, five flames. I'm about to cough on all podcasting platforms. We appreciate it. Like, subscribe, share, download. All that shouldn't it? He's
1: going to cough, so I'm going to take it on home. Thank you for listening to the Jobberknocker, and we'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery.
0: I had to swallow.